We here at Stormdar Weather work hand-in-hand with the National Weather Service and other professional weather service agencies as a Weather Ready Nation ambassador. We are avid weather enthusiasts who have studied the likes of Mother Nature for over 30 years. The purpose of this podcast is to provide weather information, facts, and trivia in a manner that is entertaining and easily understood by everyone. Well, hello and welcome back to the Stormdar Weather Podcast. This is episode 273. I'm Rando and we have a special returning co-host this week, Gary. Thanks for filling in for Corey. Oh, you're very welcome. <laughs> yeah, Corey, yeah, Corey's <laughs> the poor dude's exhausted. He he's went through Father's Day, which a happy Father's Day to everybody. It was on Sunday. That is right, right? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) And then he has been in the cave multiple times each day. And I've I've taken that cave tour. It's tough once I'm done. And he does it like three, four times a day. It's crazy. You know, so, and Shara's gone to camp. So he's there by his lonesome. And uh, he texted me and said, I just can't keep my eyes open. It's like, dude, you rest. I got the perfect co-host substitute, so. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, glad you're on the pod. Uh, Let's let's get into it. Um, It's warming up a little bit. It's warming up too much. Yeah, I'm not. I'm I'm happy in the 70s. Okay, I'm happy in the 70s. I'm even happy in the 80s, so long as the humidity isn't high. That's what's coming up now i mean i mean granted we are towards the middle end of june and but i mean humidity really doesn't kick into like what july or august does it or oh i i to me higher temperatures come in july and august yeah but the humidity this time of year it's it's just par for the course oh speaking of par yeah this humidity is really digging into our disc golf time you know that <laughs> yes it most certainly is i got yeah gary i got gary out there in the course you are doing really good i've got to give you one of these yeah you're throwing really far okay i'm getting better there yes. is no doubt <laughs> um but i'm also wearing out really really quick on days that i wake up at four thirty in the morning yeah well uh, yeah, if you don't get a good night's sleep, I mean, I kind of woke up off and on last night, and we went out this evening because I thought, you know, we go out in the evening, and Eisherman has this nice big old, what do you call it, like a hill or something? Well, yeah, yeah, we're, we're almost half of the course is in shade by yeah. the time we get out there, and so. it's great. Yeah, so none of this in the middle of the day stuff. No, 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 we're not. <laughs> yeah, I'm dark enough already. Uh, yeah. Oh, and you know what? Tomorrow. You know what tomorrow is, don't you? Wednesday. <laughs> it's the first day of summer. Summer starts tomorrow. Summer solstice is here already. Yeah. Mm. And our weather school is all about summer solstice. It's the astronomical summer, which differs from meteorological summer, which started June 1st. There you go. Got to give you a bell for that one. Yeah, the the meteor. I mean, we'll go way into detail on this, but yeah, the meteorological seasons start on the first day of the month of the astronomical season, and it, it part of it is is sometimes it's June twentieth, sometimes it's June twenty first, sometimes it's June twenty second. It's just kind of where the the you know the poles are, the way the Earth is situated. And this this year, it's it's at nine fifty eight. A.M. So we're going to get, we'll go out and hug a tree or something. I don't know. Uh, I have no idea. It's going to be hot, so I'm not going to hug a tree. <laughs> uh. Now, um, we are in a blocking pattern. That's what's happening. We've got activity going on in the southeast. We've got activity going on in the northwest. And right through the center of the country, we've got kind of an elongated high area of high pressure. Uh, Texas, much of Texas is in uh, an excessive heat warning for several days of heat indices between 110 and 120. 
Yuck. Yeah, and Oklahoma, central central to southern Oklahoma, and parts of eastern Oklahoma are in a heat advisory, which basically a hundred. 210 right in there. Uh, Miami is not in it. Uh, that's one of our, that's Corey's hometown. So that is not in it. But west of uh, Fort Smith, Arkansas, more, more of eastern Oklahoma is in a heat advisory. And uh, just for kicks, uh, the normal high and low for this date is 87 and 66. Now this is Springfield. Uh, so like add a degree or two. Uh, next week on 620, yeah, 627 next week. The normal high is 88 and 67. Now, i got to make an observation here. For the past several weeks, week to week, the average has been going up by 2 degrees, high and low. Next week, it's only going up by 1 degree. So we're kind of getting to that pinnacle of average high and low now. Um, I think we do hit 90. But... At some point. That's a July and, and August. Yeah, right? yeah. It would be later on in the year, I think. Yeah. Along with the humidity. <sighs> I don't like that. You know, if we wanted to go play disc golf at sunset in the mornings, but I don't do mornings. No, you no. do not. I do not do mornings. You're, very you're well. cranky of a morning. You know, I really am. I mean, unless I get up at my normal time, and then I'm I'm still kind of cranky. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's shift to um, that severe weather. Wasn't that something? Oh, it woke me up. Uh, it was the overnight thing. Gosh, I hate overnight stuff. I hate overnight stuff. Because I'm asleep. Corey, Corey doesn't sleep. He's up. Yeah, he did a, um, uh, a, a live cast that uh, it, three in the morning, I think. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> well, no, it woke me up. But I woke up and listened for a few minutes. And then I went right back to sleep. Did you really? Yes. You know what I did? I didn't hear one thing. And that's so odd for me. So odd. Because usually, if I hear like a little rumble, I'm awake. Like, oh my gosh, I got to check radar. Apparently, it struck all around and thunder and everything. And I didn't hear it, which is weird. Yeah, I thought probably the... Radio tower that's a few miles. Oh, to our southeast, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it probably got struck multiple times during Ooh. it. Ooh. Ooh. Well, that would be typical. Yeah. those things, But those things are grounded, aren't they? I mean, you're, you yeah. do amateur radio, so you... But yeah. those big, long towers, don't are they really grounded? Uh, they have special kinds of grounding systems for them. Um. It's really interesting because if you are out at the base of one, the base of it, the big tall tower, comes down to a point. Isn't that weird? Um, yeah, it, it 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 looks really strange. But if you're out there, there's a concrete pad under it, and. If you're out there when the atmosphere is really charged up, you will get arcs off of the bottom of it down to the concrete. No way. Oh, yeah. So you don't want to be standing next to it. You don't to want it. to be next to it whenever it's. But that's its grounding system, right? That's yeah. it's because. Yes, it is grounding and it does go down into the ground. Um, and. Uh, it might disrupt a transmission if lightning strikes the tower, but it's not going to knock it out, probably. Yeah, I mean, when we have... Uh, now, there's one area uh, where our studio, Maryland studio, there's a grid. Do you remember that grid? It, there's like a whole electric grid out mm -hmm. there. And I don't. I guess it's for Hollister. I don't even know if it's White River or what, but it's a huge grid. I bet those things get a lot of activity. Do, or, do you think? Um, probably. Um, also, anywhere that there are railroad tracks, railroad tracks tend to attract lightning. Okay. Wow, you're informing me about a whole bunch of stuff today. Uh, that's why th there's a lot of places that you should avoid. Um, <laughs> don't don't be standing on railroad tracks during storms. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just like don't take a shower during a thunderstorm. Uh, 
I have seen the effects. It's probably not as likely in city water supply, but uh, I remember when our well got struck by lightning growing up. Oh, wow. And it melted. We had a stainless steel sink, and the stainless steel sink was completely gone. That's crazy. It just vaporized it. Oh, my gosh. Through the well. It hit the well. It hit the well house. Yeah. And came through the pipes, and it got the sink. Took out uh, the garbage disposal was also missing. <laughs> <laughs> Probably three or four houses down uh, <laughs> down the, uh, the the way. I don't know. Well, no, the, only two of the two houses there were on that particular well. The other two houses oh, okay. were on a separate well. So remind me in a storm. I need to stay away from you. Yeah, well, <laughs> you, you can you can stay near me. It's you just don't want to be. Um, taking a shower if there is a possibility that lightning could run in on yeah. the plumbing. Yeah, and I totally support that. I mean, even though some of the some of the pipes nowadays could be PVC or plastic, it's water. Yeah. The water is going to take that charge. And uh, no, it, it, it's crazy. Um, now, with that severe weather we talked about, before that came through Branson, which is like 3 o'clock, it was really raising cane in Oklahoma. Yeah. Multiple tornado, and it was only an enhanced risk. I thought it would be up to moderate, but I mean, there's several tornado warnings out. Um, I'm not sure if there's that many on the ground, but there were several tornado warnings. Plus, when it got that, it, it all congealed into what we call a QLCS. You know what that stands for? I'm just throwing that out there. QLCS. <laughs> yes. No. Quasi-linear convective system, and, but, but a big line. But what happened is when everything, these little cells can combine into a line, it started bowing. And those bow echoes, you got to watch those things. And what happened is I have to, uh, where did I say? Oh, uh, these, there was a severe thunderstorm watch for Tulsa. Now, this is the severe thunderstorm watch that covered all uh, north to south Tulsa. It didn't do extreme east, and it didn't do west. This was a new one after the main. Here's what it read. Severe thunderstorm watch stated, scattered very large hail events to five inches and <sighs> isolated significant gusts to 90 miles per hour. Now, that's a severe thunderstorm. Now, yeah. I, I did not hear any reports of five-inch hail, though. I, I they did say that they uh, what I saw on uh, the Weather Channel the next day they said that it got up to grapefruit size. Oh my gosh! And grapefruit's plenty big enough for me. Um, oh my yeah, gosh! I, I, well, it could be five then. Uh, but <laughs> That's um, crazy. But I also heard them say that they had a maximum recorded wind gust in Tulsa of over a hundred. Exactly. That's what it was insane. And the uh, actual, oh, uh, I'm seeing the gust graphic. Uh, they they uh, documented certain cities with maximum wind gusts. I'm going to start at the lowest. Breckenridge, Oklahoma reported a wind gust of 73 miles an hour. Clio Springs, I'm not sure where Clio is, 76 miles an hour. Shoto, 80 miles an hour. Manford, Oklahoma, 90 miles an hour, and Tulsa actually got a 100-mile-an-hour gust. And that's... I can't imagine. No. Um, that's a Cat 2 right there. Yep. And... <laughs> I mean, whoa! 111 is a cat Category 3 hurricane, but a Cat 2 hurricane is 100-mile-an-hour. Uh, I just... I can't. I just can't imagine. And, and if you think about it, you know, the structures here aren't built... For those winds. No, they're really not. They're not at all. If I mean, you, if you get to the coast, there's codes that require them to build structures in a certain way mm-hmm. to reinforce the houses against those kind of winds. And those codes don't exist here. No. <laughs> well, and, and the likelihood of getting a hundred mile an hour gust. Now see, when's the last time we somebody reported a hundred mile an hour wind gust? It's it's been a while. It's yeah. it, it's possible and it does happen, but it's been a while, and especially in Tulsa. Uh, 
I have not heard, but they were talking about the potential of calling this a derecho because of the one of the criteria is like just several hundred miles it just goes. Now I haven't heard if they actually officially called it a derecho, but it definitely has that characteristic. Yeah, and derechos. Um, I've been through one, and <laughs> it was enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just the it's wind. And when I mean 60 mile an hour, actually 58, if you want to get technical, 58 mile an hour wind gusts and above can do damage. Yes. That's why they do it at 58. You're talking 90, 100 mile. I mean, that's going to blow, that's going to blow barns over. I mean, yeah. Well, the the one that I remember, um, I was working at the time on Norton Road in Springfield. And it came from the north. Now that's weird. And you could see it coming. And we moved everybody from the place where they were working away because it was all glass Mm. on the north side of the building. So we moved everybody into the southern part of the building. And sure enough, it blew all the glass out. Oh, what, I mean, classic derecho, like 70, 80 mile an hour? Yeah, it was, like it was around around 80 miles per hour. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's smart. You did the smart thing. Get everybody away from the... And we, we tell people that. If you're in a severe thunderstorm warning, get away from windows. Because not only just wind, if you get hail one inch your diameter going 60 mile an hour, it's going to knock your windows in. Oh, yeah. Well, and I don't know. We, I can remember... Um, in the house in Springfield that Cheryl and I had, the we got three inch hail there. Wow! And three inch <laughs> hail does things to the roof. It does it to the siding. The guttering got tore off the house. Um, it was, they replaced the soffits, the fascia, fascia, yeah. Um, the siding. The roof, everything else. I think it, uh, the total insurance layout for the house uh, was more than we actually paid for the house. No way. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. It, but it tore everything up. Uh, and you know, th- three-inch hail for 10 minutes. Guess what? I, I was just happy that I was across town at the time, and our vehicles didn't get damaged by it. That's wild. That's wild. That the vehicles did not get damaged because I think tennis ball is what two and a two and a half. Yeah. Or baseball. I I don't know. That's three inches is bigger it's, than <laughs> it's big. It's big. Yeah. And I can also tell you that you know um, we had the dog at the time. And the dog was inside the house, and the dog, when we got home, would not leave us at all. Oh, uh, oh, was, that was traumatic. It, oh, yeah, it was. It traumatized her oh. enormously. So, oh, but she got over it though. Yes. Okay, well, that's good. We want that. So, <laughs> yeah. Bottom line: severe thunderstorm warning. Stay away from windows. You know, but, but uh, okay. I'm looking at the, the the outline now. I think we covered everything, basically. Uh, we're going to skip the actual model minute because that's kind of Corey's model analysis. But I do want to talk about, you know, what's coming up. I mean, the weather is really tranquil right now. I don't think Corey would have much to say <laughs> the models except for the heat or whatever. But I'm looking at the forecast grid. They have now introduced a chance of showers Saturday night, like after 1 a.m., and Sunday after 1 p.m. Now, a chance. When they say a chance, that's 30 to 50%. A slight chance is 20, 20 to 30, somewhere right there. Uh, and then when you get to 60%, that's considered likely. So when they're saying a chance, right now, it doesn't look like... Actually, Sunday, this is what it says. A chance of showers and thunderstorms after 1 o'clock, sunny and hot. But check this out. The high near 96 Yuck. Yeah, this and weekend. If it, and if there's enough moisture in the atmosphere to oh. produce rain, mm. then mm. it's going to be muggy, muggy, muggy. Well, guess what? Who Guess who's not playing disc golf that day? 
I'm not. This one, yeah, <laughs> we're not going to do it. Well, that, yeah, um, yeah, that's the big thing. We're going to hang around either side of 90. I mean, if, if you want to get forecast technical, Wednesday the high, 90, Thursday 88, Friday 90, but then the heat turns, we, turns up a notch. So the high Saturday, sunny and hot of 94. Sunday, like I said, 96. Oh, man. Uh, Monday, 92, and Tuesday, 94. So we're getting ready to go in a little heat wave here. Uh, I'm not liking that one bit. Um, so we're, we're going to have to figure out... We're going to have to get glow discs. We'll go play disc golf at night. Well, I've got one. Well, I know. I don't have any. I need to... We'll have to check out F2 Friday, see if they got anything like that. Oh, there you go. <laughs> okay. Okay, well, let's get to the next segment. It's tropical. Yes, it's time for the tropics update. And guess what? We've got a little tropical storm out there in the Atlantic. Um, tropical storm Brett. Uh, latest uh, check of that. He's up to 45 miles per hour uh, circulate, sustained. It's moving west at 18, which is pretty fast. Uh, the current track, it keeps it over the open water between Venezuela and Puerto Rico. So if you look at the map, it's just right through the middle of that. Uh, they have issued tropical storm watches for Dominica and Martinique as of tonight. Now, they may extend that a little bit. Uh, the good thing is it's not forecasted to become a hurricane. It was yesterday. They said it's going to come become a hurricane minimally uh, tonight. No, tomorrow night, Wednesday night. And last like a day and then go back down. But now it's all just a tropical storm. Uh, you got shear out there. See, hurricanes don't like shear. Tornadoes love it. Yes. Hurricanes do not like it. So there's probably some shear going to be out there. And the funny thing is, is right behind it. <laughs> right behind it. There's another disturbance. And it looks like it could. It, there's a... Uh, 80% chance in the next seven days it's going to become something, a tropical storm or depression. It's right now, it's, it's what we call the red X. You got the yellow X, orange X, and red X. This, it was orange earlier today. Now it's red. So it's more than likely going to become something behind there. Uh, it's, it, they list it several hundred miles southwest of Ca- the Cabo Verde Islands. Verd, is it Verde or Verde? I would guess Verde. So I say it too. It's like when Shara was here, it was like we had this conversation. Is it Verd, Verde, Verdi, Verdi, yeah, whatever, whatever. <laughs> but for some reason, the, the, the Cabo Verde Islands, that's where these disturbances come off, and that's where we need to watch because uh, that's right at that Goldilocks zone. If they can kind of take off and go down there, going to get something. And the Pacific is absolutely nothing going on. So we're going to watch it. Uh, I don't think that Brett is going to really affect land. I mean, like I said, the actual center is going between Venezuela and Puerto Rico. But, you know, the outer bands, it could, it could get kind of strong, you know, in the Dominican okay. market. If it, after passing Puerto Rico turns north, it could strengthen considerably. See, and I thought of that, and like three or four days ago, I looked and it there was uh, uh, two areas of high pressure, and it they forecast it to go and turn and go north. That's all out of the out of the, the deal now. I mean, it is they just have that thing going west uh, and diminishing. So definitely something to keep an eye on, and especially that other one too. And it's it doesn't it doesn't have a name yet. We don't know the name of it. And you know what? That's okay. Yeah, but it's a red X, so I'm sure we had Arlene. So I'm guessing Brett B R E T uh, would be a guy name. They go back and forth. I mean, I don't know any guys named Arlene, but <laughs> I mean, really. So I'm guessing Brett is a guy. So the next one, which would be C. Oh shoot, Corey. Corey's the one that has all these. He's all over it, but it'll be a C name, and it'll probably be Charlotte or some. I don't know what it is. I'm just guessing. <laughs> Uh, we'll watch that. Okay, so it's time for the weather school. This week's weather school is all about astronomical versus meteorological summer. Why do we have that? Uh, why do we have the two different ones? Well, this weather school explains a lot. So let's get to the weather school. If there's something about the weather that you want to know, stormed our weather school. 
We are officially in astronomical summer. But how does that differ from meteorological summer? Meteorologists and climatologists break down the seasons into groupings of three months based on the annual temperature cycle as well as our calendar. We generally think of winter as the coldest time of the year and summer as the warmest time of the year, with spring and fall being the transition seasons, and that is what the meteorological seasons are based on. Meteorological spring includes March, April, and May. Meteorological summer includes June, July, and August. Meteorological fall includes September, October, and November. And finally, meteorological winter includes December, January, and February. By following the civil calendar and having less variation in season length and season start, it becomes much easier to calculate seasonal statistics from the monthly statistics. Both are which very useful for agriculture, commerce, and a variety of other purposes. The equinoxes mark the time when the sun passes directly above the equator. In the northern hemisphere, the summer solstice falls on or around June 21st, and the winter solstice on or around December 22nd. The vernal or spring equinox on or around March 21st and the autumnal equinox on or around September 22nd. These seasons are reversed, but begin on the same dates in the Southern Hemisphere. The Earth actually travels around the Sun in 365.24 days, so an extra day is needed every fourth year, creating what we know as leap year. This also causes the exact date of the solstices and the equinoxes to vary. Astronomical timing as the basis for designating the temperate seasons dates back at least to the Julian calendar used by the ancient Romans. It continues to be used on many modern Gregorian calendars worldwide, although some countries like Australia, New Zealand, and Russia prefer to use meteorological reckoning. The precise timing of the seasons is determined by the exact times of transit of the sun over the tropics of Cancer and Capricorn for the solstices and the times of the sun's transit over the equator for the equinoxes, or a transitional date close to these times. These astronomical seasons are not of equal length because of the elliptical nature of the orbit of the Earth. From the March equinox, it currently takes 92.75 days until the June solstice, then 93.65 days until the September equinox, 89.85 days until the December solstice, and finally 88.99 days until the March equinox. There are also six ecological seasons. First, there's the pre-vernal, early or pre-spring, and that's from February to March. Deciduous tree buds begin to swell. Some types of migrating birds fly from winter to summer habitats. There's vernal, which is spring, and that's from March to late April. Tree buds burst into leaves. Birds establish territories and begin mating and nesting. There's the estival, which is the high summer, and that begins in June in the most temperate climates. Trees are in full leaf, birds hatch and raise offspring. There's the serotonal or late summer, and that generally begins mid to late August. Deciduous leaves begin to change color in higher latitude locations, above 45 degrees north. Young birds reach maturity and join other adult birds preparing for autumn migration. The transitional harvest season begins by early September. There's the autumnal, and that generally begins from mid to late September. 
Tree leaves in full color then turn brown and start falling to the ground. Birds start migrating back to their wintering areas. And finally, there's hibernal, which is winter. It begins in December in mild temperate and November in the cool temperate. Deciduous trees are bare and fallen leaves begin to decay. Migrating birds are settled into their winter habitats. A little fun fact. In the winter, anywhere from January 2nd through January 5th, the Earth is actually closest to the Sun, or what we call periapsis. And on the flip side, in summer, anywhere from July 4th through July 7th, the Earth is farthest away from the Sun, or apoapsis. If you have a question about the weather you'd like us to answer, then send us an email at stormdarweather at gmail.com and in the subject line, put weather question. Well, that does it for this edition of Stormdar Weather School. Yeah, so the, okay, this fun fact, I don't know, I record these weather schools and I don't listen to them, but the fun fact is in summer, when it's the hottest, the Earth is farthest away from the sun. Well, yeah. But most people would think, it's, you know, it's hot, so it's closer to the sun. No, winter, it's closest to the sun, and it's cold. <laughs> right, but it's not cold in the southern hemisphere. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay, so let's get to the next segment, which is in other news. I've got, a, I've got one really, really interesting, bizarre thing. Um, yeah, uh, the article is North Atlantic experiencing, quote, totally unprecedented marine heat wave. I have never heard of a marine heat wave before, but apparently it's a thing. Hmm. It's I've, cr- I've never heard of this. Yeah. Well, I got some I, I got some cliff notes. It's a big article. You can find it all over the place. Uh but uh, here's the article. I'm going to just read some of the highlights of it. It says, parts of the North Sea, now this is North Atlantic, uh, east of England, I guess, west of Canada. No, east of Canada, west of, of England. Anyway, uh, they're experiencing what they call a Category 4 marine heat wave. It's defined as extreme, according to NOAA. Uh, in some areas, water temperatures are up to 9 degrees Fahrenheit hotter than usual. That's that's wild. Yes, it is. So we're not talking about Atlantic. We're talking about North Atlantic. So, uh, yeah, that's not a good thing because, um, you know, that what we normally think of as a hurricane that's in the middle of the Atlantic turns north and it gets into cooler waters and it, it dissipates. Exactly. If the water's a lot warmer, it may not dissipate before it hits land again. Yeah, I mean Iceland, it, England. I mean if we if we if it, that temper, water temperature is that warm and a hurricane gets up there, that it feeds off of it. And the North Sea is if it's actually labeled as the North Sea, yep. that would be the area north of Scotland, I think. Wow. So that's that's way up there. Yeah. Now it's it I mean it's normally cooler anyway. So this is just 9 degrees hotter than usual. So it's probably still not quite as warm as like, you know, the Gulf or something like that. Right. But still, it's the whole point. Okay. Temperatures in the North Atlantic in May were around two and a quarter degrees Fahrenheit above average. So it's warmer there, but nine degrees in the North Sea, that's, that's weird. Uh, it says there is a very high potential that animals such as, it says animals, such as oysters, plants, and algae will be killed by this European marine heat wave. And the one big reason is warmer water is holds less oxygen. So wildlife, wow. yeah, wildlife can't, survive in that warmer water uh and everybody i know what everybody in podcast land they're looking at their their devices and saying it's el nino silly well actually el nino has more of a warming effect globally but what el nino can do is kind of boost those temperatures even more so this is not considered 
an effect of El Nino. This is something that is, this is a marine heat wave. El Nino could exacerbate that a little bit, but it is not caused by El Nino. And the last thing is the frequency of marine heat waves has already increased more than 20-fold during the human-caused, here's a word I don't like, global warming. I say climate change, but this is a quote out of the article, according to a 2020 study. So, yeah, so whatever's going on up there is could potentially and probably is going to drastically change marine life. Uh What's it going to do with the North Sea? I mean, aren't glaciers in Greenland and stuff up there that's ice covered? Yeah, well, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. Now, well, they're already experiencing lots of melting, and the, the glaciers are calving more. Um, more icebergs are calving off. Right. Um, Gosh, it makes you wonder where the world's going to be in another 20 years. Well, I know, and and it was either last week or the week before we had talked. Uh, I, I had so I, I had looked at this other article that was that was explaining that one of the next five years is going to be logged in as the hottest on record. Right now, 2016 is the year that's hottest on record. But now it's 2023, so it's like 2023 to 2027, I think, the next five years one of those years is going to be is going to surpass 2016 so wow climate change is happening it's a real thing i don't care what and it may it may or may not be human caused probably is but we don't know for certain that it's human caused we we're pretty sure it is yeah well i mean but, we're not helping it let's and, put it that and way we're, we're certainly not helping it but uh, even if you look at, um, it's not a good thing for us because after it warms up to a certain point, the currents in the ocean shift around, and if the jet stream's eliminated, then everything in this hemisphere becomes very, very cold. Interesting. So we'd be going into an ice age. Yeah. So it, mm. it's it's a bizarre thing, and it, but the weather, weather in one place affects weather everywhere. It sure does. It it definitely does. It's you know, the old concept of a butterfly beating its wings in one part of the world causes a hurricane in another part. Wait, that's just. Yeah, it's weird. And, and <laughs> it's weird, and it's weird to say that. But air currents, you, you... oh, air current—that—that's proven. Yeah, there's oscillations. I mean, ENSO is the one we look at, but there's the NAO, the North American Oscillation. There's an Indian uh, Sea around their oscillation. There's the PDO, uh, Pacific De- Decadal or uh, Oscillation. And El Nino oscillate. I mean, there's oscillations all over, and the, the the broad term is called a teleconnection, and it's exactly what you're saying. El Nino could affect, in a way, these other oscillations, which in turn affect the jet stream, which in turn affects the weather. So, yes. yeah, it's exactly. I just I had to go in that little rant right there, but <laughs> oh, I understand that. Yeah, it, it is true. I mean, whatever. I mean, the oceans are getting warmer. We know that. Um, is it because of ocean trash? That's not the word I'm looking for. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, the the plastic. Yeah, all the pollution. The pollution. That's what I'm saying. Ocean pollution. Look at the wildfires. We just got through with Canadian wildfires. It just completely changed the north. Not completely changed the northeast, but stalled some airports. They had ground stops because you could not see this because the smoke was so thick. I mean, that changes the weather too i mean oh yeah the other thing is why did we have the wildfires in canada it's probably too dry so yeah, uh, yeah. and you know it's it's strange because <laughs> here you look at when we were growing up there were a lot of years when we would see large outbreaks of as an example, I talked to you about it earlier this year, June bugs. Oh, yeah. And we never see those anymore. 
I really don't. We don't see them anymore. That we don't see the large outbreaks of June bugs every few years. And well, you're right. Yeah. And I imagine it's because of the fact that it's a lot warmer now than it was when we were younger. Um, I could ne- see that. Not, not necessarily. I have to be very careful on how I say this because when we were young, oh, we had some violent, violent storms in the spring. But I also remember being shocked. Um, my birthday's in mid March. And I was shocked when I was young that we got snow on my birthday. Because yeah. it had never happened before, and I was 11 or 12 at the time yeah. that it happened then. That's like 85 years ago. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Back in the dark ages when <laughs> dinosaurs roamed the earth. And uh, for the record, Gary's like a year younger than me. So. Yes, and, and, that's, and that's why I can say that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay, but yeah, I, I know what you mean. But you just didn't get... It March didn't was happen. spring. And yeah. now we've had one... As late as May, mm-hmm. a snowfall in May. What? I mean, and I, I, I forget who I was talking to the other day, well, uh, several weeks ago about this, but it's like everything, maybe it was you, I don't know, but everything is switching because December, white Christmas, it, it was snowing. It would snow. Sometimes it would snow in, on Thanksgiving or whatever. Now snow didn't really even happen until like mid to late January. Yeah, and and we used to have... You know, I I mean, I can remember sometimes um, back in 2002, um, we got a pretty heavy snowfall at Thanksgiving and at Christmas. We got them both both times, both holidays. But um, generally, I I can remember um, we would get snow days from school. Um, in the fall and in the spring, well, fall and winter, yeah, we would have them both times. Uh, kids don't get many snow days now. That it doesn't no. happen. Not like it used to. Yeah, and all and an- another thing too, we we've had a couple of events that did stick around when it got like stupid cold outside. But now, if it snows, it's here for a day or two, and then it like warms back up again. Yes. Which is odd. Yeah. It, it it just doesn't happen that you see 15 inches of snow on the ground and then another snow comes along and piles on top of it. It doesn't happen yeah. anymore. Yeah. It just, uh, I mean, and we get more ice now. Yeah. Although the past couple of years, we haven't really, had, we, it's just been weird. Okay. I, I don't ever want to go through a... The ice storm that we went through in 2007 ever again. Yeah. Now, you were in Springfield when that happened. Oh, yeah. Oh. And <laughs> if you remember, I called you and said, is this ever going to end? Yeah, because it was multi-day. Because it was, it just, and it was going. horrible. Uh, you could hear the trees crashing all around you. Right, we didn't get squat down here. It, oh, yeah. it remained like 34 degrees. It was fine. You went to Ozark, and it was everything was fine in Ozark. But, and then, bam! But you went into the city of Springfield, and there was no power at any of the stoplights, yeah. nothing. Oh. oh, I know. I, I mean, my parents. I still say, we have, I've said this many times on the podcast, but I remember the one thing is my dad calling me and saying, son, we need help. And I was like, okay. I'm there because they they were even north of town. Oh, well, yeah. you know, back where, but you were in center center town, I was right? Center city, and mm. we could, we, we could talk a lot about that yeah, ice storm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that that storm was horrid. But weather has changed since we were young. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I can remember being amazed. Um, in I don't want to date us too much, but I remember <laughs> when you kept records. Yeah. And had tracked all these temp- days of temperatures above 100. That's right. I did in the 70s. It's yes. Like, <laughs> can you believe yes, it? Yes. I still have those. They're in there. I'll show you later. <laughs> I, st- I still have. I was like, I cannot lose these. Anyway, but yes, go on. But, um, and we were shocked because it was, those were high temperatures then. 
but now um, there are times when the temperature gets up above 100 now, and it just doesn't seem shocking anymore. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just want to stay inside. You know, the heat advisories and the excessive heat warnings are just, they're handing them out like candy. Yeah. Which is, uh, which we're going to start seeing that Saturday. I, I mean, maybe not on Saturday, but if we get to 96 on Sunday with a chance of rain, like you said, the yeah. humidity is coming out. That, you know, but there are criteria for the heat advisories and stuff. If it gets hot, they're not going to issue a heat advisory. It has to be a consistent. Right. Or persistent, not consistent, persistent event. So anyway, phew, enough about that. Guess what else is, remember uh, Lake Mead was drying up? Yep. Lakes Mead and Lake Powell are now rising. They're getting their water back now. Those tremendous mammoth snows, all that's melting now. And not just that, also they... Oh, got a lot of rain in California and Nevada. Just that's right. Strange. The, uh, yeah. I mean, there, I always say that Mother Nature has a way. She has a way of, you know, it's like, okay, you're really, really droughty. And it's like, then she goes, oh, okay, well, here's some water. And then overdoes it. <laughs> Flooding yes. in the streets and all sorts of well, things. Well, well I don't remember <laughs> how many. I, I, I would be willing to bet you that there were thousands of houses lost mm-hmm. due to mudslides and everything else because of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and Corey and I have talked about this a lot. I mean, the, the, the drought is still there. It hasn't changed much. So next week uh, when he comes back, we'll, we'll really delve into the drought. But these little pop storms, that's not going to affect the drought at all. And we don't need three inches in an hour or two hours. We need like a half to three quarters inch per day for several days. That's what's going to help fill those aquifers up. And that's what's going to do the drought. So, you know, people don't think they say, well, we got, you know, Springfield must have got, I I was going to check Springfield. They got a lot more rain than we did. We didn't get much down here. We we got what? 0.41. 0.41. And it was so cool after that. Remember, we all went out and played disc golf. (laughs) Yes. Yes, exactly. Because it was in the 70s. You know, that front came through. It was awesome. So, anyway, we'll see. We'll talk talk more about, about that next week. So, well, let's get to my favorite segment. It's the weather word of the week. And we're keeping with phobia June. June phobia? No, that's afraid of June. No. <laughs> For some reason, I, I just fell into, you know, oh, let's say weather phobias in June. But we have a new one this week. So, Gary, what is this week's Stormdar Weather Weather Word of the Week? Nephophobia. It is nephophobia. So, Gary, what is nephophobia? The fear of clouds. I don't really, (laughs) I can't, I mean, I can kind of understand it because certain storm clouds when I was young probably frightened me a little bit because uh, I remember some really bad storms from when I was young. But that's probably more of like, you're just kind of fear, but like, like a phobia is like a serious yeah, you know, I can't can't imagine. Like brontophobia. We had that last week. Bronto Bronto Thunder and yeah. Coronophobia, which is uh lightning. Yeah. And I could see Corey and I were talking about that. Yeah, I could see where you can kind of be you know, I respect lightning. I, I That's res- what it is. I respect it, but I also like like to go out and watch it. Yeah, which probably isn't the no, probably smartest. not the safest <laughs> thing to do. It's right. It's yeah. got me into trouble more than once. Well, it, it's almost got me into trouble. And I think when if, if if people go back on our our Facebook page when Corey went live the other night, he was like, you know, storm is here, and I'm going to go out and when my tomatoes are okay. And when the tomato <laughs> right when he went outside his little sliding glass door to look at the tomatoes. Lightning just hit right there in thunder. I mean, it was like very, very close. He goes, I think I'm going in now. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah, you bet you better do that. Yeah. So so we got uh Lysa 
Ly- lysophobia? All uh, I can think of is lysinopril. That's not... <laughs> <laughs> Ly- Ly- I, anyway, that's the fear of uh, hurricanes and tornadoes. Oh, okay. Like, it was like the weather word of the week a couple of weeks ago. And, of course, I can't remember because I don't have it right now. But, yeah, so there. So I got one more next week. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Well, of I'll course t- not. Well, I'll tell you after the podcast. So our listeners will have to come in and, you know, they have to tune back in for it. But it's really kind of cool. Okay, but, you know, fear of clouds, I can also see, mm-hmm. um, you know, there are shapes in the clouds that your brain sees easily. and Exactly. Um, when you see a giant uh, cloud that looks like a um, big monster that's bearing down on you, yeah, maybe I can see fear. I, I can't I, imagine adults having a fear of clouds. Well, okay, now think about this. This is where I would probably, uh, I, I don't get a fear of it, but I get very nervous. Okay, you know when a severe thunderstorm's coming and all of a sudden you look to the west and the sky just gets black? Yeah, or you see the wall, or not wall cloud, but the shelf cloud coming through. Yeah, that I can understand. That That's scary. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but except to you and me, I'm like, that's cool. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, that's why I get on these time lapses. I've been wanting to get a really good, you know, OB, outflow boundary, or a shelf cloud or something. And it's like, I can't. I did once, and they roll. And it's like, ooh, that's really, really yes. cool. So I don't know. We'll, I'll just have to keep trying, you know. But we're, we're not going to have any chances for, for a while. No. You know. Well, Gary, thanks for being on the pod. This is fun. No, thank you for having me. Yeah, and thanks for covering for Corey. I mean, I can always count on you. It really, I mean, look, we've gone almost an hour. Just, I, it's just so nice. So, yeah. anyway, hopefully Corey will be back next week. Uh, he needs some well-deserved Father's Day rest, and uh, Cheryl will be back. And I think I, I don't know what camp is. Anyway, we'll just. We'll count it. But, you know, if he does it, then I guess it, you and me again. <laughs> anyway, uh, re- regarding this weekend, everybody, I want everybody to heed the heat, uh, your heat rules. Uh, don't do strenuous activity outside, especially if there's a heat advisory. There's a reason that a heat advisory is out there. Heat indices are above pretty much what your body's ability to cool itself are. And it's just muggy and, uh, you know. I don't. I'm going to stay inside. Well, you know, I will. My meds prevent me from being outside during the heat. So, so you got an excuse. Yes. I mean, I like to sweat a little bit. I've done, but like tonight, it's starting to get muggy. It's like, yeah. We'll we'll figure it out. We'll do that. So, okay. Well, I think it's about time to wrap this thing up then. So be sure to look for us on Facebook at Stormdar Weather. Like and follow our page, and be sure to like or comment on our post to have them show us. Have us show up in your newsfeed. How many thousands of times have I read this? You can always contact us through our Facebook page or send us an email to stormdarweather at gmail.com. Also, check out our website at stormdarweather.com. Well, that does it for this week. So join us next week for the next edition of the Stormdar Weather Podcast. Podcast.